Good afternoon, everybody. We're back. We haven't been here for a while. This is uh, WWSJ. Walt Whitman, Wall Street Journal, Saturday, March 14th. Pi Day, 2020. 2020. Great. Here we day go. Day two of the national emergency. Correct. And today we're going to start off with a letter from Walt to Louisa Van Velser Whitman on March 14th, 1873. Dearest Mother, I wrote you a short and very hurried letter last night, only a few minutes before the mail closed. Today, Mrs. Connor has just paid me a pleasant visit, and I have been eating my lunch of a roast apple and biscuit. I am feeling about the same. I suppose you are most tired and perhaps a little suspicious of hearing I am about the same. Well, I am quite tired myself and want much to get out and go to work and go about, but I just have to make the best of it and console myself with realizing that disagreeable as it is, it might be a great deal worse and that I am feeling free from pain and comparatively comforting and that it cannot be very long before I shall have the good use of my limbs again. So I just try to keep patient and wait, and you must too, dearest mother. I got a good letter from Hattie today, dated March 9th. She says she was writing to you, so I suppose you have one too. They seem to like it at Mr. and Mrs. Buckley's. Mother, I got your letter of Monday and lose of Sunday. It is an affection of the leg from the knee downward, partially helpless but the principal trouble is yet in the head and so easily getting fatigued. My whole body feels heavy and sometimes my hand. Still, I go out a little every day almost, accompanied by Peter or someone, sometimes spend an hour out, but cannot walk, except a very little indeed, very slowly indeed. Mother, in my looks, you would hardly know the least thing had been the matter with me. I am neither pear, pale, nor thin in the least. I'm sitting here in my room. It is very pleasant out, apparently. I generally go out a little between two and three and shall probably get out a little this afternoon. John Burroughs has been on here again. He is trying to sell or let his house and does not succeed very satisfactorily. He left here again by the train last evening and returned north. His wife is here. Mother, I send the Harper's Weekly. That picture gives a very good idea of the capital, what they call the East Front. And the extra is a picture of the inauguration ball. Very good, they say. You must look over them Sunday. Well, Mother dear, it is now after 12. I expect to get out a little from 2 to 3. Love to you and to Lou and George and all. Walt. Oh, what a pleasant letter from Walt. It was. They were, yeah. The yeah. roast apple, that sounds great. I know. He's so kind to his mother. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's and a really a, good boy. It's a good reminder that it could always, you know, let, where it will, they'll be okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That, that maybe. could totally maybe. be true. Yep. You know, it seemed like uh, January, I had to dig, dig, dig every day to find an article about the, uh, the old coronavirus. And, of course, Wall Street Journal being the global... Uh, information source that it is. Uh, we had some of the stories about it in our cast. 
But today I actually had to dig to find something that was not that, and I found a beautiful article here on the Saturday edition of the Wall Street Journal. Bayer moves closer to a settlement. Bayer AG has agreed on a draft settlement terms with half a dozen law firms representing tens of thousands of plaintiffs alleging that the company's Roundup weed killer causes cancer, pushing the litigation closer to a final resolution, according to people familiar with the matter. The six big firms speak on behalf of dozens of firms that represent a large chunk of the plaintiffs suing Bayer. The people said Bayer is striving to find a way to both keep Roundup on consumer shelves and at the same time end litigation that significantly damaged its share price following the loss of three jury trials in the U.S. For weeks, Bayer and plaintiff attorneys have been discussing a settlement in the range of $10 billion. The Wall Street Journal has reported citing people familiar with the matter. One person said the deal appears poised to end up around that number, though the people caution that a formal deal has not yet been signed and could still fall apart. Bayer has said that protecting itself from future litigation is a condition of any settlement. The parties could reach a final agreement in the coming weeks, the people said. That would help Bayer appease anxious shareholders in advance of its annual meeting in late April. A first deal with plaintiff lawyers would relive the, uh, relieve the German chemicals and pharmaceutical company of any major headaches as it's undergoing pressure to reach a settlement and to appease investors. Kenneth Feinberg, the court-appointed mediator for the settlement talks, said he continues to be cautiously optimistic that an accord can be reached, but called it, quote, premature to say that any final agreement has been achieved. A spokesman for Bayer said a mediation discussions continue in good faith under a court order requiring confidentiality and the company cannot comment on speculation about the outcomes, timing or progress. The company has defended the popular weed killer, noting that multiple regulators, including the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, have said that it is safe. The company lost its first three jury trials, all of which it is appealing. The major firms that have agreed to terms are Andrus Wagstaff PC, Baum Hedlund and Stasi and Goldman PC, Moore Law Group PLLC, Whites and Luxembourg PC, The Miller Firm PC, and Lundy, Lundy, Solu, and South LLP. Those companies have either won big verdicts against Bayer, have trials upcoming, or have large inventories of cases giving them significant leverage. Bayer inherited tens of thousands of lawsuits with its 2018 takeover of Monsanto Company, the maker of Roundup. Bayer may still struggle to achieve finality in the case, especially given that the product remains on store shelves. Some law firms representing thousands of plaintiffs remain unhappy with the terms offered so far, saying it favors the leading firms over others. It is unclear if this complaint would be enough reason for them to reject the certainty offered by a settlement versus going to trial. Cancer victims have to be treated the same, and if they're not, we're not willing and fully motivated to go to trial said uh, Majad Nakwadi, a Dallas-based attorney representing more than 4,000 claimants. Jim Undor, senior member of the St. Louis-based Under Law Firm, said Bayer has yet to offer satisfactory settlement terms to tens of thousands of plaintiffs, including more than 22,000 clients represented by his firm. We have a series of cases set to go to trial beginning in June of 2020, he said. Bayer and the plaintiff attorneys are under growing pressure to reach a deal. California U.S. District Judge Vinch Cahabria, who was overseeing the consolidated cases on March 5th, granted the parties a 35-day extension suspending deadlines on the litigation so that they can focus on settlement talks. Tom Claps, an analyst at Susquehanna Financial Group, said that that means that if the parties don't reach a deal by mid-April, they would begin moving forward in the litigation. We're getting to that point where there has to be some movement on the settlement front or the judge is going to push forward, he said. Bayer executives have insisted that they are under no pressure to settle unless they can achieve a lasting deal for the right price. 
Sounds like they totally are admitting that they cause cancer, right? Wow. Yeah. They seem tired. Just leave it on the shelf. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. I just want to say that we have a dog with us. I know that no one can see us, but yeah. we have a dog sleeping between us right now, between me and Jarrett, and his name is Fryer. Should we make him make a noise? <laughs> That's our favorite thing to do is to um, have him make a noise. I'll give him a kiss. Okay. Okay. One more All right, letter. So we are going. I'm going to read one more letter because this is a sandwich podcast, as That's always. Right. And the sandwich of the day is what, Jarrett? Tell me. Oh, uh, think ba- of bacon burger. Bacon burger is the sandwich today. It's a bacon mm-hmm. and it's a burger between between a bun. Maybe it's a sesame bun. Okay. This letter is from John Newton Johnson to Walt Whitman on March 14th, 1878. And I will say that um, John Newton Johnson. He was a colorful and eccentric self-styled philosopher from rural Alabama. I just thought it'd be cool to point that out. Cool. Last one was obviously Walt's mother. All right. Well, this is from John or two? To, um, it's to Walt from John. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason of my writing this letter is because I have not got even a short letter from you to you got one, which I wrote about a month ago. Maybe the old man has been away from home. I will not permit myself to fear you had been bad sick. This is a pleasant morning, this Thursday, March 14th. Temperature agreeable even to a still or idle person. No wind, a good deal smoky, birds chirping, children playing noisily and sweeping the yard. My boy is running my plow, preparing ground for our usual cotton crop. Somehow there seems never to be much use for us to raise anything else. People buy too much of our other produce with promises which they do not comply with. It looks that I ought to be happy today. A home, my own, family healthy, no debts, not an enemy, brooding over injuries or insults in the whole world. Entire trust or confidence of everybody except such as may think he must be a bad man who denies God. Well, health will not last always. Most of us must as I state it, be dragged to death through much of suffering sometimes. Maybe I will get off like my papa and his mother as if by lightning, years apart, as if by lightning stroke. Other troubles spring up along the path for the majority. Life is and must be a fight, a warfare and a race. race. Then why should other good people... God's people despise us who say it is not good and beautiful that we should have to fight two fights and run two races at once. I have dreamed that the law we are under now is enough. What a variety of people on this earth. Living last year in this on my other farm, B is an, B is an old man, perhaps 60 or 62, a local Methodist preacher, hot-tempered, exceedingly plucky for war or work. Neat, stylish, or dressy, and luxurious so far as able. Pretty good common sense, somewhat reflective. Can only be scrupulous, Godward, not perhaps such manward, time and again clipping off profits or more of dues to creditors by neglect, refusal or inability to make final settlement. Now the curious is this. He seems to think that preaching God and preaching worship and preaching dainty, formal, ceremoniousness is all that is morally good or grand. Without saying so, seems to think that J.N.'s truthfulness 
always. Unparalleled disinterestedness, candor, childlike simplicity, practicing and advocating frugality, plainness, moderation, self-denial, philo content, content, plain speaking are just about worth nothing or next to nothing. Do you share my astonishment? I have been too tender and kind to impress upon him that a preacher or Christian's example can't be worth much because people also upon such as man's hirelings or years ago to me, meanwhile undecided hate, to see people not trying exert any moral influence at all. My course runs below the soundings of plummets. Myself and wife went over there last night, stayed some hours, talked commonplace a long time, then read to him the singer in the prison, fall behind me states, carol of occupations, the wound dresser, and come up from the field's father. Then we said good night and walked home by moonlight three quarters of a mile. This old man fell upon my charity about November 30th, 1876. He could get no other home. I have here 280 acres land or room, not very valuable, two farms, 160 and a third cleared and cultivated, 80 and a fourth worn out and washed away, a quarter good and mellow for old orthodox. He is poor, if proud and apostolic. And I sincerely pity him, but I think stubborn Orthodox people must themselves be hard-hearted. I have 40 acres timbered ridge land. I said our ridge, 11 miles long, splitting our long narrow valley, was 150 feet high. That may be too low. Maybe it's 200 feet high. I get fresh breath, health and wildness when I go to its peaks or ravines. I took that wild spot for my temple and to get out stone the early spring before, 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 I first got your books. Also, perhaps two or three illegible seeing yours. I then said I could write the as written. I thought it ought to be poetry, and that rhyming poetry would not answer the purpose. I may think I am fixing up a lie, didn't study the matter much, but certainly this is not something I have been dreaming. I know it is not. About two weeks ago, I walked late one afternoon, three miles, to have a reading of some hours with our best school teacher. We sat up some hours with another young man of some intelligence and read J.B.'s Before Beauty, Before Genius, and a little in Emerson and Whitman. I did not take along your heavy works, just J.B.'s book and war memoranda. What think you? Two years ago, this kindly pedagogue said he saw a southern newspaper, then said you were cruel to rebel prisoners in the war. I then told him perhaps the paper was only rebutting your memoranda statements of southern cruelties by it stating how we suffered in northern prisons. Maybe you were sometimes a little rough in conversation with our hot-headed fools. I wish to keep JB's book, and I sent part pay $1 in Feb February letter. I said maybe you wish me to consider myself subtly, discreetly, beautifully, generously complimented in the name and several places of the text of our two rivulets. You'll know the name, the tenant who makes my grain on my home farm for six 
or more years, is still engaged. He has also his own little... That's the end, guys. I'm very sorry. There was a lot of um, illegible words there when it says... It literally says illegible because whoever uh, transcribed it couldn't read it. And whoever wrote it was sloppy. And whoever wrote it was sloppy. But... They had a lot to say Wow. He really had a lot to say to him. Yeah. It's funny because it started off with like... Yo, you didn't write me back last time. Yeah, it really went everywhere, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, he really did do it. I hope everybody stayed with me, and if you're still out there. This is our longest pod for sure, Thanks right? for listening. Yeah, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. We got a dog that wants to say something. I'm Fryer. This is Fryer's rap. There we go, baby. There we go. Okay. Good boy. Have a good day. Peace out. Goodbye.